This week we're going to continue in Titus. And I want to start us by just reading through the verses. Titus 3, and we're going to be going through uh, verse 1 through 7. Titus 3. Remind the people to be subject to rulers, authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do everything that is good, to slander no one, to be peaceful and considerate, and always to be gentle with one another. At one time, you were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice, envy, being uh, hated, and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of our righteousness or the things we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having a hope of eternal life. So, this week, um, I was trying to, the, the title of the uh, sermon this week is, How Does the Gospel Shape Righteousness? And I was trying to think of a good illustration of this, a tangible illustration of this. And me being a guy, before I, I have a degree in art, and uh, I also uh, have worked on a degree in biblical counseling. And in between those two disciplines, I made a living swinging a hammer uh, for several years. Um, and I was trying to think of the illustration uh, about what the gospel, how gospel shapes righteousness. And all I could think is extreme makeover, the house edition, uh, or... Uh, the program this old house and i can I can see my wife getting excited right now because she has a honeydew list for me when i 'm going home today and she go, she goes good his mind is already here on housing uh, projects uh, boy she 's going to be disappointed later um, um, in these in these uh, programs, they always take this really run-down house. And the families are always at their wit's ends. And through a lot of hard work by a lot of people in 30 minutes or an hour, they move this big bus and they present this beautiful, beautiful house. And how, do, how is that like the gospel? How is that like the gospel that shapes righteousness? And it's like this. You, in those programs, you never see the people that own the house out there swinging the hammers. Or 
the people that own the house are never out there forking forth the money for the rebuilding of the house or the remodeling or transforming of the house. It is always external force that comes in and does the work. And it's the same way with the gospel and how it shapes righteousness. We never become righteous by our good works or by our efforts. We never transform our house by the things that we have done. It is always external force that comes in and renews us and makes us new. And that renewing force is the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ lived out each and every day. Um, But he doesn't start here in these verses. He starts in these verses looking at the uh, crevices. He starts here in these verses looking at uh, the laundry room that no one wants to go in. He starts here looking at the ugly places, the dark places in our house. And he asks, are you living the life that you should? Are you looking like this house that you should be? Um, So I'm going to ask that question. Um, We start in an odd odd place. Um, Verse 1. Remind the people to be subject to the rulers and the authorities and to be obedient to uh, every good work. Strange place to begin when talking about righteousness. Strange place to begin when talking about the gospel. But he starts with a very practical thing. How many of us in here are subject to government? Yeah, all of us. How, how many of us can live out the truth of the gospel or live righteously in that realm? All of us. It's a practical matter. And he starts uh, with the laundry room, where we do a lot of our practical things in our household. You know, we all are subject to government, whether that is obeying the laws or voting, or paying our taxes. I think most of us get this. I mean, uh, to a certain point. We are to live out our faith in what we do, and we get this. Hopefully, we're not out there murdering people or out robbing people. We know that we're subject to loss. But at the same time, we don't get this all the time. Um, fortunately, I drive a little red bomber. Uh, I say it's fortunate because I get up to 65. It tells me to slow down because I will leave pieces places. Uh, um, but how do we see that even in the realm of obeying laws, submitting to our government, we do that before a living God. 
we, it is a chance to show the transformation that Christ has given us. It gives us the opportunity to walk out the faith in him that we have each and every day. And in how you hold your government, does the community around you see you differently than maybe they see the world? Does your righteousness shine in those things? When your community comes to you and asks your political view or your how you obey the law, do you see it as an opportunity to see, show the transformation that Christ has made in your life? This was a strange place for me to begin. I'm not horribly political, uh, but I am, I love Christ. And in all realms, whether the laundry room or the master bedroom or the uh, living room, we are to show the transformation of Christ in our household. He goes a little bit. He goes a little bit deeper, a little harder, um, a little more personal um, from this realm. He, in verse two, goes to what is our conduct. Uh, in relationship to the people around us. Uh, he says, um, in starting in two, to slander no one, to be peaceful, to be considerate, and always to be gentle with everyone. He started with this really big realm of politics, how the transformation of the gospel may show itself in politics, in your view of politics, in your relationship with the community. And then he gets really personal. How is your conduct in relationship to people around you? He says, he says, whatever you do, do good. Don't slander anyone. Be peaceful, be considerate, and always be gentle. And that, that's tough to do. I mean, that is impossible at times to do. I, my uh, wife knows me uh, more than anyone in this room. Um, and she gets to see the ugly uh, sometimes after a long day at work. Um, it, is, it is hard to show this kind of conduct uh, as a person that is living out their faith in Christ. And, and I, I think it's important that we come back uh, in our thinking that it isn't through our human effort. It isn't through our performance. It isn't through our hard work that these conducts come into play. It is through that external force that came into our lives 
and brought transformation. Uh, I, I love the um, little catchphrase, uh, work smarter, not harder. Um, uh, I tr- uh, and I live with a wife that is all about effectiveness, uh, which is good for me. Um, in this case, it isn't about your performance. It's about what you believe was accomplished for you on the cross and how well you receive that and walk by that. How much faith, how much trust, dependency you place on that. That makes all the difference, not how willful or um, or dogged about the law that you are. It's completely about trusting the one that brought the transformation and good things come um, I like to walk around I apologize if it confuses you it, standing still confuses me um, um, he goes on and now he really hits hard verse 3 at one time you were too you were also foolish You were disobedient. You were deceived. You were slaves to all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, uh, being hated and hating others. We, we, We could never be that nice house. Because we like, our heart likes the things that don't satisfy. Our heart is evil, is wicked. And that's a hard thing to say. But in this scripture, it says we too at one time loved the foolish things. We too at one time loved to be disobedient. We too, at one time, were slaves to all kinds of sins. That the passions of this world and the things that stand against Christ. What is great about the gospel, what is great about the good news of Christ, is there's a transaction that goes on here. We bring him our disobedience. We bring him our lusts. We bring him our malice and our anger. We bring him all those ugly things that we hide in the closet. And he takes those things upon himself. And he transfers them and gives us righteousness. It, again, it isn't us that transforms our house. It isn't us that makes that beautiful. No one would want to make that trade. No one would uh, want to accept foolishness. No one would want to accept disobedience or uh, being deceived or uh, being enslaved or being having malice. No one... It isn't 
It isn't us that gets us uh, righteous with God because that's bad trade. Uh, uh, God doesn't look at you and go, look all that malice and anger and uh, deceitfulness and you're worthy to come into heaven. It doesn't happen. It's only by his grace, only by his mercy that we enter in. And only by his grace and only by his mercy do we uh, continually be forgiven each and every day. Only by his grace, only by his mercy do we look the way that we do in our neighborhoods, in our workplace, in our government. It isn't our transformation. It is his transformation of us. So, let's talk a little bit about the trade. Um, I love the wording here. Uh, Verse 4. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of uh, the righteous things we have done, but because of the mercy, uh, because of his mercy, he saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. I, I love the wording here, uh, speaking of Jesus. I think he is speaking of a person here. Verse 4, But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Great description of Christ the, as the kindness and love of God. Um, it it wasn't as I was saying it isn't our righteousness that brought us into relationship or holds us into relationship with God it is his mercy and love John uh, in the book of John says none of us uh, like the light all of us love darkness we would all choose to be there uh, in and of ourselves. He took that hatred and he gave love. He took that punishment uh, that we deserved and he put it on himself and bore it so we could walk in freedom. It's a crazy transaction there which banks worked the same way um, it, he, he took our fault and bore the punishment for it and left us in a place where transformation could happen um, again not anything of our righteousness uh, that we have done, but because of the mercy, he saves us through the washing and renewing and rebirth of the Holy Spirit. 
That's a powerful statement there. Um, again, it isn't by how you perform that you're seen holy uh, in God's eyes. It isn't uh, the little good deeds that you have done during the week that gives you favor in his eyes. It's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that he gave to you that gives you favor in his eyes. He not only has given you the Holy Spirit, he gave you a new birth because of that Holy Spirit. You no longer are looking to obey the law from the external, but God's law is written on your heart now. It isn't any longer uh, trying in your own power to overcome your sins and your uh, guilt. It is God's Spirit resting in you that is lifting you above that. You have new birth. You are a new creature. You, it isn't, it isn't, you're living in a rambler and they fixed it up. It is, you're living in a rambler, they tore it down and they plopped a mansion on the same property. It isn't the same building any longer. And it wasn't anything that you did. So you have no reason to boast. You only have reason to depend on him. He washed you clean. You know, I, um, I spent a lot of my early days as a Christian trying to atone for the things that I did before I came to Christ. And it only left me broken and hurting because it didn't um, wash me clean. Only when I trusted in him and really believed what he accomplished on the cross was for me and really started to accept um, the promises that were mine, that's when the dirt fell free. whom he poured out on us generously through Christ Jesus, so that having been justified by Christ in his grace, we might uh, become heirs, uh, having hope uh, for eternal life. You know, these last few verses is the, the moving of the bus. Uh, it is the uh, last 10 minutes of those silly uh, extreme makeover uh, programs or the end of the season of the uh, uh, this old house. Um, it's the part that uh, shows and shines the gospel of Christ. It says very clearly 
uh, here who has accomplished the transformation, who has brought the, uh, the new self, who has washed us clean and allows us to shine in front of a community the good works of Christ and not ourselves. It also calls us back to dependency. Um, I'm not a good person today because I learned all these life lessons and I made all these decisions. I'm a good person or I'm a transformed person today because I depend on the same mercy that I accepted 22 years ago. I'm forgiven when I'm driving 70 miles per hour in a 35 mile speed. <laughs> but I'm also hold accountable. Uh, I'm forgiven when I don't love my wife as I should. Or lead the church as I should. Or be a man of peace uh, in my workplace. I'm forgiven and I'm called to a response of the gospel in my life. I'm called to respond to that in a new way in those situations. Each of us here, whether you know Christ or you don't know Christ, we have a transaction that we can choose to accept today. When the hard things come in life, we can choose to believe what was accomplished for us on the cross and live in that. Or we can choose to go about things in our own merry way. We can choose the forgiveness, the righteousness, the Holy Spirit that was given to us when we placed faith. Or we can choose to do Pat's old ways of doing things. And I I challenge you guys that know Christ that are in this room to when those times come, grab on. Hold on to Christ. When those times come where you have a decision to do it your own way or walk out uh, faith in front of people, I challenge you to be in his word and in prayer. Hold tight to him because he's the one that will bring transformation. He is the one that washes you clean by his blood. He is the one that calls you his child and places you in the heavenly realm. Hold on to him and he will be the one that's reflected to this hurting world. Some of you guys in this room don't know the person of Christ that I've been talking about. Um, some of you guys are are still back in foolishness in 
and slavery and and I I just I got to know my wife and I love her more each day. It's because I took time to get to know her and see the blessing that she is. And some of you guys here don't know Christ and don't know what it means to be free. I just challenge you to sit down and get to know him. And you'll see his infinite worth. You'll see what he's calling you to. And he'll be the one that lifts the house. Isn't what you have to give up or how you have to perform. It's in the person you need to know that does that for you. Hope you guys uh, have a wonderful day worshiping. I hope you guys um, are deepened in your relationship with the Lord each day. Spend a little time with Christ alone today. Thank you.